0: I'm not Julia, but I am. You are, (laughs) and I'm not Theo. That's Theo over there. I am, Um, and this is apologies accepted. The the podcast, podcast. and welcome everyone. We're very glad to have you back. Um, uh, This is approximately we're just talking number (laughs) thirty of our our podcast episodes, give or take (laughs) ten. Right. So yeah, we're very happy to be here Um, today. We're talking about the Kansas City Star. But before that, let's find out how Theo has been this week. How have you been, Theo?
1: Theo has been great this week. Uh, awesome. Somebody is nearly house trained. Uh, oh yay! Which is, is that James? Great. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. And uh, all I've got is puppy, puppy, puppy. If
0: oh my god!
1: If it doesn't have teeth, if it's not biting, if it's not trying to How's get house broken, going? I've got nothing to say.
0: Is he getting better? We're
1: going to a dog trainer. I was trying to think of something funny to say, like dog therapist, but those exist. We're going to go to a dog astrologer (laughs) and work out (laughs) why the biting. Yeah, Uh. Um, it's getting better. Um, We, I've been on every every website for every dog issue ever. Period. Right. So I've done a fair amount of research on this, which is why my share of the show is going to be a little weak this week because <laughs> I spent more of my time researching puppy biting than I did the Kansas city Aww. star, um, puppy biting. but that said, yeah. So the, the big secret seems to be yipping like a puppy when they bite you too hard. And so you, uh, you yipe as opposed yipe. to a yip. Yep. I see. And, um, it seems to be working. I thought it was a little bit of BS, but okay, cool. And that's it. Wow, I could talk about uh, dog training for hours and hours and hours
0: now, <laughs> and I can't wait
1: until the next Speaking couple of dog months dog get training, by. training,
0: you hear my dog in the background whining. Oh, she's turned away now. She's going to be cool. She's going to hang out in the hallway. All right, good. Um I have been great this week. Thank you for asking. Um, I have been not doing all my homework as much as I normally would either, but because I've been really sore from the vaccination I got. Oh, humble brag. (laughs) Well, you got yours already. So Um, yeah, I got my first Pfizer shot um, Wednesday and then uh, I didn't get super sick, but I got really sore all over and my joints really hurt. So Um, I complained about that a lot to every single person I ran into, which were really just you and my friend Michelle. so And Brent, of course. Um, But that makes you an American hero. I'm an American hero. I'm feeling better today and and much more cheerful than I was yesterday. So that's good. Um, And uh, yeah, looking forward to the podcast.
1: Yeah, me too. Because um, it's always those shows where it feels like my notes aren't that strong. That Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. more interesting things kind of bubble up right turned out to be Um, yeah and let's see if that happens this week if not we will find
0: out erase this entire
1: episode and that's right so if you're hearing it
0: we thought it came out okay if you're hearing it
1: you know we think this is the shit (laughs) this is awesome stuff
0: we're so cool right all right let's go um Let's go. Um, All right. So uh, to kick it off, uh, I'll talk about um, what happened when an education reporter for the Kansas City Star named Mara Rose Williams was assigned to cover a local Black Lives Matter protest over the summer of 2020. So um, she went out and uh, she was surprised by the difference between what she saw and what the Kansas City Star had been reporting. And she said, the evening before I headed out to cover a Black Lives Matter protest for the Star, I listened to and read media coverage about out-of-control mobs looting and vandalizing stores, overturning parked cars, and throwing objects at police. What I saw the next afternoon near Kansas City's Country Club Plaza shopping district were hundreds of sign-toting protesters of various ages and ethnicities. They chanted and screamed their opposition to police brutality against Black men and women. They directed their anger at officers in riot gear, lined up two and three deep around the protest area one step or slip from the sidewalk into the street and police threw protesters to the ground handcuffed them and herded them into the back of a cruiser police reportedly i'm sorry police repeatedly doused the chanting but not violent crowd with chemical repellents it became clear that what i had actually witnessed that afternoon was kansas city joining a national movement ready to tussle with racial injustice in all its forms With the country in the midst of a reckoning on race, I thought, what better time than now for The Star, one of the most prestigious news organizations in the Midwest, to take an accounting of its role in spreading the racist attitudes woven into the fabric of this country to oppress an entire people. So,
1: yes. Yeah, wow. No, I'm going to say that's actually quite the thing to notice and... And part of that for sure is racism, right? A yeah. good giant chunk of that is racism, of course. And another yeah. small chunk of that is Trumpism, which is based yeah. on racism. So why am I even saying there's a difference? They're very not.
0: similar. Yeah, they're all based in racism, which is unfortunate. Um, so what Ms. Williams did was she took a look back over the paper's history to examine the representation of people of color, and she said she was sickened by what she found. So as a result, um, and we'll talk more about this later, but um, she went to the paper's management and suggested that the star apologize for rendering Kansas City, black Kansas City, all but invisible. So um, what the Star did was it did apologize, and, and we will talk about that. Uh, but it also put out uh, six articles that were written by Ms. Williams and three other reporters, including Eric Adler, who I follow on Twitter, and I never had made the connection before. Um, I don't think I even knew he wrote for the Kansas City Star. Oh, I was going to say. Now I know.
1: Why are you following him? Did he just say uh, clever I, stuff?
0: Yeah, he said good stuff about racism, and and uh, I think that's why I'm following him. And probably around Black Lives Matter, he was uh, tweeting a lot, and so I started following him back then. Um, But uh, those six articles examined how the news organization had disregarded the city's civil rights struggle and helped support racial segregation, and it also portrayed African Americans as criminals and systematically ignored the suffering of black residents in news events from floods to BLM. So, um, Ms. Williams says, we went to the black press, the Kansas City Call, which is a weekly black newspaper in Kansas City, and started looking there to see how they had covered certain areas, politics, education, civil rights, entertainment, and so forth, and then compared that with what was done in the Kansas City Star. In a series of articles, the newspaper details how it largely ignored civil rights protests and the illegal segregation of schools in Kansas City decades after the Supreme Court's decision in Brown v. Board of Education of Topeka, Kansas. During the civil rights era, the Star's editor, the time reportedly said, quote, we don't need stories about these people. So uh, Mike Fannin, who's the president and editor of the Kansas City Star, uh, put out an apology in December uh, 2020 and said, I won't quote the whole thing because it's pretty long, but he did say, today we are telling the story of a powerful local business that has done wrong. For 140 years, it has been one of the most influential forces in shaping Kansas City and the region. And yet, for much of its early history, through sins of both commission and omission, it disenfranchised, ignored, and scorned generations of black Kansas Citians. It reinforced Jim Crow laws and redlining. Decade after early decade, it robbed an entire community of opportunity, dignity, justice, and recognition. That business is the Kansas City Star. Before I say more, I feel it to be my moral obligation to express what is in the hearts and minds of the leadership and staff of an organization that is nearly as old as the city it loves and covers. We are sorry. Mike went on to say that the Kansas City Star prides itself on holding power to account. Today, we hold up the mirror to ourselves to see the historic role we have played through both action and inaction in shaping and misshaping Kansas City's landscape.
1: I'm going to say, as as an apology That goes a long way. Uh, I, I'm not proud. That's not the word I want to use. Um, I'm, I'm not pleased. I don't know. Well, so, I mean, you know, here, uh, I don't, it's so tough, right? Because yeah yo, you apologize for racism, and yay for you. And as a white person, yeah, I'm very conscious too. of the fact that I'm applauding a white person for apologizing for racism, which right. is a high wire act where I am just going to trip and fall.
0: That's all right. Do your best. That's all you can do.
1: That's... Is it?
0: <laughs>
1: is it really? I think so. could, I, yes. could I do more? Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, there's, there's stuff in here that I really like. Um, I like the fact that they state what it is they've done wrong and that they are aware that there's a bit of hypocrisy in investigating other other businesses, other corporations, Mm -hmm. other institutions, and not putting themselves under the microscope. And so when it was brought to their attention that there was a disparity between reality and what the star was reporting, I like that they not only looked into this, but that it led to six uh, articles in the paper, that this is an apology that comes from the editorial board, and I, you know, I guess it's that thing of like, does an apology make anything better? And the short answer is no. no I mean, not in this instance. If I hurt your feelings because I ate your plums out of the icebox, right. right, and I apologize. Uh, right. That's that's one thing. But it's another thing for like 140 years of systemic racism. I mean, there just isn't a way <laughs> yeah. to apologize for an that. An apology
0: isn't good enough. Yeah. Yeah. And they did. Um. They did say that they would start um, a news and education effort with city public schools and have a series of virtual events with a public library to connect with the community. And they started um, an advisory group of residents and civic leaders to help inform the news organization's coverage of communities of color. So they, they did say that they would actually take steps to improve. Um, I think once you've done something wrong, what, what can you do? I mean the only thing you can do is apologize and try to make it better. So there's no while well, there's no apology for what happened and the people who did it haven't apologized the people who are there now are doing their best to improve the Kansas City Star.
1: Right, yeah, and they've they've taken some big, well, big are these big steps. Um, newspapers are complicated creatures. They're political but at the same time they are not right mm-hmm. so you have you have an advisory board you have an editorial board you have all these groups of people who collectively decide the tenor and tone of a newspaper right mm-hmm. what's our voice to the community what's our perspective and it's nice to see that they are Putting in some advisory committees that will focus solely on racial representation, racial issues, and representation within the newspaper. Uh, so they've created the Star Advisory Board, and this is from the Kansas City Star. Um, the STAR has brought together an advisory board of diverse and accomplished business leaders, activists, and public servants. This group will work with editors and reporters to ensure that our coverage of Kansas City communities of color is fair, expansive, and all that this city deserves. The board is comprised of, at the moment, 11 people. I'm doing some math. Why am I doing math? Mm-hmm. Because I broke the numbers out by color. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh uh-huh. <laughs> Um, and so there were or there are seven women of color. There is one white woman. There is one black yeah. man and two white guys on the board. These people are okay. community leaders. They're financers, educators. They're queer people. They uh, run affordable housing um, organizations. And they're also reporters from the newspaper itself. And um, these people will are serving in a volunteer capacity, people aren't paid. Typically, editorial Mm -hmm. boards are not Mm -hmm. paid. They're like um, a board of corporation. They're people that you bring in and they get prestige from being associated with your corporation. So the board of Amazon will be Mm -hmm. comprised of billionaires and power players who offer their insight and guidance to the uh, CEO. And actually, the CEO sort of reports to the board. Right. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, so, and at that point, there's so many different flavors of how that could be sliced and diced. There's no one universal template or format. Uh, so they've added a new advisory board. And I think that's a great step in the right direction. Does it correct past yeah. wrongs? No, but no. it potentially prevents future wrongs, which is. Right kind of something that an apology is supposed to do.
0: Right. I mean, yeah. So uh, what do we look for in apology? We look for uh, the words, that I'm sorry, or I apologize or something along those lines. And we look for um, improvement and an actual, uh, not just an intention to make things better, but uh, hopefully, as time goes by, actual uh, efforts in that in that direction, and it seems like the Kansas City Star is making those efforts. Now, I don't know what their coverage has been like since um, this was this apology was made, but I'm hoping that it was improved.
1: Well, um, one would imagine that that they at least are. I mean, I'm going to say, of course, it's improved, approved, um, approved, but. If not, we'll hear about it.
0: Yeah, because I think so. I don't think... Yeah, there's think only enough people looking out to see what the,
1: happens. So The reporter who initially brought the story to them, uh, Mara... Rose Williams. Mara Rose Williams, uh, will let this drop. And, and nor should she, right? Right.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was terrible. What, what the? I, I didn't realize that the paper had been that bad. But they, they basically described people, black Kansas Cityans, as criminals in a crime laden world. And it was just like the only thing they ever, ever reported about black people were the bad things that they did, and never the good things, never the, never anything but them being perpetrators of crime or. Um, uh, when, when there was a flood, uh, they didn't report on the people that died, the black people that died in the flood, but they reported on like a mall that got damaged or something uh, in a white neighborhood. And Charlie Bird Parker didn't get a headline in the star until he died, and then they spelled his name wrong and got his age wrong. So it really is appalling.
1: I was really excited to uh, find out that Charlie Parker was from Kansas City because it was like, I haven't listened to Charlie Parker in a million years. I know. I'm going to put some on right now while I research Uh, this newspaper story. Oh, look about puppy biting. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I was curious as to, um, all right, so exactly how did the newspaper harm black people? And uh, so you've covered quite uh, quite a bit of what they did wrong. I'll just take this straight from the uh, the article written by Mike Fannin, president and uh, editor of Kansas City Star. In the pages of the Star, when Black people were written about, they were cast primarily as perpetrators of vic- or victims of crime, advancing a toxic narrative. Other violence, meantime, was tuned out. The Star and the Times, two papers in Kansas City, Um, wrote about military action in Europe, but not about black families whose homes were being bombed just down the street. Even the black cultural icons uh, that Kansas City would one day claim with great pride were largely overlooked. Uh, Native son Charlie Parker, Charlie Bird Parker, sorry, didn't get a significant headline in the star until he died. And even then his name was misspelled and his age was wrong. In 1968, five black men and one black teenager were killed over three days of rioting in Kansas City. At the time, the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. was to be buried, having been assassinated by a white white man's bullets only days prior. At least four and perhaps all were shot by police. A mayor's commission determined that most were innocent victims, and yet there was no follow-up newspaper probe as there would be today, no independent investigation, no calls for the officers to be charged, or for the police chief to resign. And then uh, they do write a series of six articles on the most significant failings of the paper's
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, reporting coverage history, Mm -hmm. right? And so in 1977, the Plaza Flood, they wrote about property damage to a white businessman's country club and not the 25 people who died, eight of whom happened to be Black. Um, With desegregation, there was no coverage of the city's seven-week boycott that started 10 days before Christmas in 1958. So Blacks in Kansas City were allowed to shop in big department stores, but they weren't allowed to eat in the restaurants or cafeterias. And so... In 1977? uh, 1958.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the the Plaza
1: flood was 77. And then 77 is an interesting date because that's also when uh, Kansas City finally, finally, officially desegregated their schools. Wow! So another article in the Kansas City Star around racism, uh, classroom desegregation, Brown v. Board of Education was 1954. We had desegregation of uh, educational systems in the 60s. We've all seen photos and newsreel clips of just Mm -hmm. how stupidly horrific Mm -hmm. all of that was. Um, But in Kansas City... Black children were bused to white schools. They were taught on their own floor within a school. So the white students were like on floors one and two, and the black students would all be on floor three. And the black students' academic records were still held by the predominantly black, and actually entirely black, uh school system. And so the black schools were overcrowded. And what they did was, okay, you're still a student of, I think it was Leeds, sorry, Kansas City. I I didn't pay attention to the school's name. But let's mm-hmm. say it was like Leeds Elementary, right? So mm-hmm. the kids from Leeds, black kids from Leeds Elementary would be sent over to Whitey White White School and <clears throat> sit on the third floor and be taught oh by teachers God. there. But their grades were all recorded as as leads, Reed and that was students? done specifically oh because when it came time to go to middle school, there was a black middle school, predominantly black middle school, and a black and they had more room. And so the black elementary kids were Went always back. at leads. They just happened to be oh, wow. moved over to this other building and taught for a little bit, a couple of years, and then Jeez. they transferred over to the black middle school. And this kept them out of the white middle school. That's insane. Well, it's a lot it's a lot to go through. Yeah. You know. Um just just Jeez. ridiculous. Um but I mean, you know, again too, that's that thing when it comes to stories like this and racism. You and I were speaking yeah. uh pre show. We were having our, our official pre-show conference, and it was kind <laughs> of like you know, you don't even need to read the story to know right. what happened it's right. like, oh, black people weren't paid any attention such to such a
0: common story, and
1: when they were, it was only because was someone had bad. done something wrong, and you're the example of all black people, right, how dare you um exist yeah well, how dare you exist, right, but' how, <laughs> I'm trying to think like how dare you jaywalk
0: right, yeah right, right, right.
1: um so
0: god terrible
1: so yeah it's just
0: depressing and things are still so much the same yet different now
1: it's still so much the same
0: depending on where you are but even even here in san francisco it's still not perfect
1: oh i mean what am i going to say because i'm trying not to say something trite and cliche and here it comes it's going to be trite and cliche we're human beings we're it's never going to be perfect
0: well, right. it could be a lot better. It,
1: yeah. c- it could be a lot better. And society progresses. You know, a Hopefully. thousand years ago, it would have been perfectly fine if the guy next door came over and just chopped your head off because he wanted your field. <laughs> you know, you should have a sword in your house. I'm sorry. I,
0: I wasn't there. I don't know.
1: <laughs> oh, well, my grandmother told me all about it. She was very old. Wow. <laughs> so I know it's true. Okay, um, Good. Yeah,
0: we wouldn't want to say anything on this podcast that wasn't one hundred percent true. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Oh, speaking of which, do you have a more right, oh, or a, even more an even writer?
1: writer? I I do. Yeah. I do have an even writer. Uh, so everybody, we're gonna we're gonna take a small sidestep from <laughs> Kansas City. We're gonna get back yeah. to it, but I think we've pretty much shown the problem. And really, do you need us to explain it? Because you, in your own heads, if you're in America, you're like. Oh yeah. I, I don't understand even need it. You could read any of these articles and be like, yeah, of course that happened. Of course that happened. Of course they did that. Of course uh, they did that. Right. Yeah. But Okay. Great. So even writer, um, in our Jane Fonda episode, I made mm-hmm. a joke that Hitler had gotten the trains to run in Germany on time. And mm-hmm. it turns out that it was Mussolini who got the? It was a different fascist who got the trains to run on time. In Germany, they didn't seem to ever be able to get that together. Um, <laughs> and so, I think
0: the problem was more that Italy has a hard time, had a hard time getting their trains to run on time, just because of the fact that they were Italians. And, and I, <laughs> I'm going to need to do it even even writer about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, okay, so, but I but I was right. Because nobody should ever say anything good about Hitler. It's so. Yeah, well, okay, that's true. Right? Of course. You're welcome, everybody. You're welcome. <laughs> I got something wrong about Hitler, but that makes me right. Because the only yes. thing that you should know about Hitler is uh, he was bad. The horrible things that he did, the atrocities yes. that he did. Uh, it, there's nothing positive that can outweigh any of that. Um, so yeah. I was right. Thank you. Um, okay. Yeah, and so with the Kansas City Star back in, um, just kind of a uh, another example of of how hard the Star is looking at itself. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So this is a statement from their editorial board. The Kansas City Star published a rare front page editorial in 1964. The Kansas City Tavern Owners Association had forced to vote on a new ordinance that banned discrimination in public places such as bars and hospitals. The bar owners opposed it. The star did not. Defeat mm. would be a victory for white extremists who are now attempting to stir hate and fear, our editorial said. Hate begets hate. A reminder, this was 1964. Uh, oh, wow. Approval of the ordinance would be a victory for justice and an endorsement of moderate, common sense leadership. We said, the measure passed narrowly, with the mayor crediting the Star's advocacy for the result. It will come back to that in just a quick moment. Good. Um, it was a testament to the progress the editorial board could help spur, but sadly, it is one among a very short list of historical examples of Star leadership on issues of equality. In fact, just five years earlier, so. 1959, um, the Star editorial board had sympathized with restaurant owners who refused to serve black customers, absolving the businesses for blame. Here's a quote They are simply reflecting their views of what they consider a community attitude, the Star wrote about owners who favored such discriminatory practices. They are in business to make money and they try to please their patrons and they should. Um, and, and why do I like that? I think I like that because it does show the influence that media has on society. We can't just say like a newspaper has on on society. And so media does have a role to be not only unbiased and fair, but also to lead people down a path of common sense and logic Shall, mm. shall we say? I mean, mm-hmm. who gets to dictate what logic is? Um, I do. Mm. Right? You do. Everybody mm. determines for themselves, right? And so, I mean, this touches on like America has lost its ability to think critically. Um, yeah, There's too much media out there right now that's too personalized. Uh, QAnon tells us everything we need to know about media's responsibilities to the public. We have grown an entire crop of people. I'm going to see how long I can go with this farming analogy. Yeah, Um, I'm watching. Yeah, uh, yeah, right. I'm working working even harder. Um, We've grown a whole crop of people who believe that the earth is flat and it is a Mm. field that will go unfurrowed and untended. (laughs) Until the cows come home. Hey. Period. Yay. Okay. Yay. Thank you. Yeah. That meant nothing. But
0: um... I wasn't going to bring that up.
1: <laughs> but your media, that's your job.
0: Okay. Well, yeah, you know, I, I apologize. Okay. Good. Accept it. I'll do better in the future.
1: Um yeah, and so, and I mean, you know, that that kind of seems to be essentially that. The paper's aware that they've done some wrong. They are taking steps to correct it to ensure that they are even righter in the future. Um, yes. Good for them for owning up to it. Good for them for doing it. And wonderful for them uh, for listening to an employee who came in and said, Hey guys, it's a little fucked up here.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, not firing her and moving on with doing the same things the same same old way, or giving her brave. like a,
1: a human interest story, like okay, go out and yeah. interview somebody that got arrested by the cops, and we'll put that on page nineteen.
0: Yeah, well, the L.A. Times had had apologized for a similar thing just a few months before um, Kansas City did, I think. So that might have have sort of primed them to to do the same thing. Hopefully.
1: Well, not to be cynical, but I am very cynical, right? I mean, I I think that this is coming from uh, a good place in all of the players, right? So Mm -hmm. I think Mike Fannin actually does mean this, um, just based on what I read in his article. Um, But it doesn't hurt the bottom line when a newspaper that has uh, been—I'm trying to remember the quote— so, historically, a white newspaper for white people, right? Right. Um, the The tradition of the Kansas City Star, as I remember from a CNN interview with Mike Fannin, uh, is it landed in the driveway of everyone's home, and it's a tradition that fathers and mothers passed down to sons and daughters. Everybody had the Kansas City Star delivered to their driveway.
0: Well, big deal. I but mean, it was black- the only paper.
1: Well, I mean, you know, it was, it was a success. But black people didn't? Well, black people didn't because black people were only ever always the villain in the Kansas City right. Star. Right,
0: so they didn't so get it. So you don't yeah. need
1: to get the Kansas City Star to know that the Kansas City Star thinks it is an asshole. You're, yeah. Yeah, you're some criminal, right? Um,
0: uh, yeah, I guess they got the call instead, yeah. which is the black paper, the weekly black paper. Yeah.
1: Um, Okay, so now for 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 fun fun stuff. Now for some fun stuff. Okay, cool. (laughs) Right? I'm ready for some fun. Yeah, because you know, racism. Ugh. Yeah. Bummer. We don't like it. Bad. It's bad. It's stupid. Grow up, everybody. Jesus. Okay. It's mean. So now let's be childish. Ready? Okay. Okay. So. The Kansas City Star, I'm going to tell you a little bit about its founding. I'm going to give you a little, I mean, it's very little bit, right? Um, A little bit about sort of the ownership, how it's traded hands, and then some of the famous people who worked there and what they had to say about it. Okay. Right? Sounds good. Um, I'm ready. Yeah. And so when when I saw we were doing Kansas City Star, I was like, oh my God, a paper in the Midwest. This is, what? (laughs) Right. Okay. I mean, I'm going to say... I was born on the East Coast, and I lived on the West Coast. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, I've got my liberal coastal elite card right here in my pocket. I've never traveled without it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So I was surprised to find out that the Kansas City Star is actually a real newspaper. It's one eight... I know. <laughs> I know. I was like, they didn't
0: make it up for this oh,
1: It's a Midwest thing. All right. And I mean, in my book, Chicago is barely a city. Sorry, Chicago. Uh-huh. Um, so, okay. So they won eight Pulitzer Prizes, most of them um, early on. So from 1931 to 1992 uh, is when they're when they won Pulitzer Prizes, Uh, 31, 33, 44, 52, 54, 82, 82, and 92, right? And the reporting, eh, I mean, it's stuff like for editorials written during the calendar year of 1943, all right, I mean, where's my Pulitzer? Um, (laughs) For work in connection with a murder in Amarillo, Texas, yada, yada, yada. However, they were finalists for uh, Pulitzer Prize uh, in journalism in 96, 2018 and 2019.
0: So it's Amarillo. Oh,
1: whatever. I,
0: <laughs> I just didn't want to have to do a, even writer about Am- Amarillo, Texas. Sasparilla,
1: Sasparillo <laughs> is what I say. Amarilla. Um, I've got two cities that I can't go to now, Chicago and Amarillo. <laughs> Good for Amarillo. me that they don't exist. Um, oh, I have a great story. Uh, James' sister, um, uh-huh. when she was a little girl in elementary school, was going through some coursework on America, right? This is in uh-huh. Scotland, and <laughs> she didn't do her homework, and <laughs> she showed up, and for like, I don't know what grade she was, but elementary school, right? Uh-huh. Elementary school. Th- call. Let's make it third grade. I like to pick on third mm-hmm. graders. And okay. um she was asked to read the passage out loud that she should have read the night before, right? And so she told everyone in class about Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> and what an amazing city Chicago was. Oh, <laughs> uh, Chicago, yes. That's so, um, oh, a good thing, they don't exist. Let's get back into this, shall we? Okay, so yes. um, the paper was... Uh, Founded in 1880 by William Rockhill Nelson and a guy named Samuel Morse. Samuel Morse pulls out at a certain point and uh, Nelson's... Pretty much it becomes his family's paper. Nelson's business strategy called for cheap, advanced subscriptions and an intention to be absolutely independent in politics, aiming to deal by all men and all parties with impartiality and fairness. Bear oh, in mind, this is 1880, right? Uh-huh. So an editor at a competing paper, some guy named Eugene Field, wrote about uh, Nelson's paper, which... Originally was called the Kansas City Evening Star. And I'm not even going to get into, like, all the papers it bought and all the name changes it had, but the Kansas City. Thank you. Many other papers under many other names, whatever, founded in 1880. And its competitor wrote, twinkle, twinkle, little star, bright and gossipy you are. We can daily hear you speak for a paltry dime a week. Wow. All right. Uh, So Nelson dies in 1915. Not from that poem, because he lived a few years after it. Uh, Nelson provided in his will that his newspaper was to support his wife and daughter and then to be sold. So he died in 1915. His wife dies in 1921. And then his daughter, Laura Kirkwood, died in a Baltimore hotel room in 1926 at the age of 43. Sounds Hmm. a little intriguing there. Sketchy. But I didn't research. It. Yeah, because they want you okay. to know something, right? Because like, oh, yeah, she yeah, died yeah. in a hotel in room. In a hotel room. <laughs> you only have sex in a hotel room until this sex. <laughs> All right. Uh, and so, in 1926, Laura's husband, who presumably was not in the hotel room where Laura yeah. died, yeah, um, led a, f- led an employee purchase of the paper. Kirkwood died of a heart attack in 1927 in Sarasota Springs, New York. I didn't know. I thought that was Florida, but it says New York, where he'd gone to sell thoroughbred horses.
0: Florida Um, is Sarasota. Sarasota Springs is New York.
1: Just FYI. I don't know. Now you know. mm, I'm refusing. (laughs) I'm refusing to absorb (laughs) that knowledge. You'll have to tell me again. You know, I swear you're the smartest person I know
0: Because <laughs> I know how to pronounce Chicago <laughs> Wait, Doesn't
1: say much for the people I do know Sorry everybody Oh I accidentally insulted you I meant to insult everybody else um... Oh no
0: You accidentally insulted me <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't do air quotes. Um, okay, so Laura's husband, she dies in a hotel room. He dies trying to sell thoroughbred horses, not in a hotel room. Uh, he dies in 27. The employees own the paper. Uh, and then they. it was employee-owned from 1927 to about 1977. And then there was corporate ownership. It was owned by Capital Cities ABC television. And then Disney. Disney came in. And joined and bought Capital City's ABC in 1996. So this was during that era of major mergers of Uh media companies, right? So Uh Disney bought ABC, and I believe they still own ABC. Who knows? Don't know. Um, No idea. Don't watch ABC anymore?
0: So you're saying Disney owns the Kansas City Star?
1: Well, they did for one year, and then they sold Uh it to a company called... Knight Ritter is how it's spelled, oh, yeah. but they're calling themselves yeah, right. Rider. Is it Ritter? I thought so. I mean, I don't know because. Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. Knight Ritter, which is a Dutch company. And then uh, McClatchy came in and in 1997 bought a portion of it from Knight Ritter. So it, now it is n- nightly owned. It is jointly owned
0: <laughs>
1: by Knight Ritter McClatchy. Um, by Knight Rider. Knight Rider. Which was way more exciting if you ask me <laughs> if if that TV show owned a newspaper, it'd still be yeah. on the air. Um, yeah, what a dumb show, talking Car. Okay, so the Kansas City Star based in Kansas City, and the paper is the recipient of eight Pulitzer <laughs> Prizes, which we mentioned. Um it was notable on its influence for President Harry S. Truman. And a newspaper where a young Ernest Hemingway honed his writing style. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So we're going to look at some of this. Okay. So who are some of the luminaries who worked at and for the Kansas City Star? Well, let's start with Theodore Roosevelt. President Theodore Roosevelt. After leaving the presidency... Teddy Roosevelt remained active in politics and concerned about America's slow preparation entering World War I. A close friend of the star, founder William Roxon Nelson, Roosevelt was uh, convinced to share his thoughts in a series of regular columns that the newspaper sent out over the wires. Teddy Roosevelt dubbed himself the star's newest cub reporter, which is cute because he was also the teddy bear. Right. Right. So yeah, let that go. Um, Mm -hmm. Roosevelt typed his first column uh, in the star's newsroom during a September 1917 visit to Kansas city. Um, Yeah. So cool. Roosevelt dictated his last column in 1919 and he died the following Monday.
0: Well, there you go. Don't write for the Kansas City Star. Well,
1: don't write your last column for the Kansas City Star. Di- oh, wait. It was his last because he died.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, Theo. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, Walt Disney. For six years as a boy, Walt Disney delivered copies of the Kansas City Star and morning Kansas City Times with his father, who was a newspaper carrier.
0: Wow. How about that? Um Imagine making a living as a newspaper carrier. You can't even make enough money for lunch anymore as a newspaper carrier. Oh, I don't
1: even know. Yeah, like, do people even do that? Um, I don't know. Okay, so let's see here. So Disney applied for a permanent job with the star as a a cartoonist, a cartoonist, (laughs) clerk. I was real excited about the word clerk, and I swapped my R's. um, And even a truck driver. But the newspaper turned him down each time. Disney based Aww. I know. Boom. But this is like, you know, you have to fail to succeed. I made that up. Yeah. Trademark, trademark. Um Disney based Mickey Mouse on a little rodent he befriended while working in his small animation studio in Kansas City. After what? That's what it's saying right here, according okay. to the Kansas City Stars Archive. Um, All right. After his studio failed, he left nearly penniless on a train for Hollywood, which, hi, it's everybody in Hollywood. Um, right. He told fellow passengers he was going to make animated cartoons. The reaction Disney called was like saying, I was going to sweep out latrines. Like, <laughs> fine. Uh, so Truman, now if we will recall... Kansas City Star said that it had an influence on the career of President Harry S. Truman. Harry S. Truman has some other words uh, for Kansas City Star. (laughs) So Truman worked in the mailroom wrapping newspapers for two weeks in August of 1902. I mean, Hmm. he worked there for two weeks, and they're claiming him as an employee.
0: That's ridiculous.
1: I mean, come on, right?
0: That's like when I worked at the at the Golden Corral on uh, Franklin Street or whatever in Chapel Hill. And, and it's like them claiming, claiming, success, claiming my current success.
1: <laughs> I worked at Blockbuster for three days and I left on break and I never <laughs> went back.
0: Never went back. Yeah. yeah. I believe
1: it. Uh, it's true. And uh, they called <laughs> once and that was it. Like, are you coming back from break? And no, I'm never Um, coming back from break three days later. Basically, (laughs) it was that night, but it was a couple hours later. Um, All right. Let's see. And I didn't answer the phone. He made. uh, So Truman, he made $7 the first week and $5.40 the second. Um, And then he left to take another job. And let's see in the final days of his presidency, his administration filed antitrust charges against the star over its ownership of WDAF TV. So whatever, what do you call that? Uh, when, but monopolies, right? So, yeah. Okay, cool. And then, and isn't it funny then that Disney bought ABC and then this newspaper, but Truman didn't want the newspaper to buy a TV station. Um, So, Truman went on to say, if the star is mentioned at all in history, it will be because the president of the U.S. worked there for a few weeks in 1901. Yeah, so didn't have much to say about it. Rude. Yeah. And then our last famous person, Ernest Hemingway. Ernest Hemingway lived and worked in...
0: I said, yeah, and I said, not really. I'm not a big fan of Hemingway. <laughs> I thought you were going to say,
1: oh, but the pros, the pros.
0: <laughs> no, no, no.
1: <laughs> Ernest Hemingway lived and worked in Kansas City for more than a year if all of his trips here are added together. I'm sorry, when you have to stitch that, that's you're, <laughs> you're claiming something that's not real. Um, the longest, a six-month stay, was while he was a cub reporter for the Kansas City Star from 1917 to 1918. Um, His experiences during that period were recast and presented in at least five of his novels, four of his published sketches, yada, yada, yada. He later called the star's famous style sheet, the best rules I ever learned for the business of writing. And um, what is the, so, you know, a style sheet, you know what a style Mm -hmm. sheet is, of
0: course, right? Tells you how to write.
1: Right, exactly. I'm gonna imagine that everybody else in the world knows what a style sheet is. Um, if you don't, it's it's a list of examples of how we say things. Right? Yes. How we use yes. verbs, how we use yes. not pronouns, punctuation. Yeah, um, whatever, all, all that, that, right? Kind of it's thing. like a style guide. Think of it, think Rapper. of it that way. Um, yeah. So this is the piece that influenced Hemingway. Use short sentences. Oh, Jesus. God. (laughs) On everything. Okay. Use short sentences. Use short first paragraphs. Use vigorous English. Be positive, not negative. And so I got real excited about like Hemingway style sheet. Let's look at this style sheet. So here's some fun things. Here's guidance for journalists from 1915 from Kansas City Star's style sheet. This is how they wanted people to write. Um, style sheets, and I'm really excited because it's the cat's pajamas, right? <laughs> the first thing they say, never use old slang. Such words as stunt, cut out, got his goat, come across, sit up and take notice, put one over. These have no place after their use becomes common Slang, to be enjoyable, must be fresh.
0: Oh, I like that.
1: Uh, it's cool, right? That's nice. Uh, here's another example of how we talk and how to say things. So we say, she was born in Ireland and came to Jackson County in 1874. Not, but came to Jackson County. She didn't come here to make amends for being born in Ireland. This is common <laughs> abuse of the conjunction. Fun, I
0: like that, yes, right? It is indeed, yes. Now,
1: you know there's going to be some problems in here because it's from 1915. Uh-oh. So I apologize in advance. Oh, no. I think I can say these words.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Get ready. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm scared. <laughs>
1: it's words. Oh, um, dear. Watch out for trite phrases such as burly Negro, crisp banknote, uh-huh. Cold cash, hard cash, etc. Uh, I
0: wish people would do that now.
1: I mean, that's a trite phrase. Jeez. All well, right.
0: I don't know about that, but okay.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you know, uh, and then yeah. uh, this is another example of how how we phrase things. Open quote. He suspected the Negro was guilty. Close quote. Jesus. Not. He suspicioned the Negro was guilty. The police were suspicious of him, not the police considered him suspicious. Do not use suspect as a noun. So even in their style sheet, black people were criminals.
0: Yeah. Yikes.
1: Yeah. Um, And
0: this whole conversation is making me very uncomfortable, Theo. (laughs) I
1: love it. It's always exciting to talk about race and issues of the past and present (laughs) yeah i'm not uncomfortable at all it it feels perfectly fine that's good but oh are you kidding oh my god i am like not comfortable at all but um, yeah you know i mean at the same time it's
0: yeah it's history it's interesting to to Ponder on well it's probably not a phrase, but okay
1: our job Ponder. as as want to be allies as people who right. want to make the world better is to use our platform to bring these issues to the attention of not our adoring public because they they get it they're on our side, but you know right. to to the public. Our unadoring public. Um, (laughs) And in that way that the Kansas City Star did not highlight racism in its paper, and therefore, by turning a blind eye, allowed racism to exist and flourish freely. um, We are are not doing that.
0: Right. We're trying to do the opposite. Right. We're the antithesis. Pointing out... Yes, we are the antithesis.
1: The antithesis. (laughs) Sort
0: of. Yeah. All right. So how about do you have uh Who's Sorry Now?
1: I need a moment. So I'll tell you about mine. I would love to hear yours because maybe I can piggyback off of yours and just be like, Oh, I'm sorry (laughs) about that too.
0: (laughs) This will be um you'll remember some I mean you won't remember it because you, you weren't really there, but you were sort of there. Anyway. Um when i grew up i grew up in uh not philadelphia but a white suburb of philadelphia and most of the suburbs of philadelphia were white at the time um and i uh, went to a catholic school for the entire time i lived there and then when i was about 12 or 13 i moved to north carolina and i went to public school for the first time in my life um i chose to go to public school i could have gone to durham what was it durham academy but i was like god i'm sick of that shit so anyway i went to public school and it was an interesting experience um it was different than, than where I had been in a number of ways. And in one day in biology, I turned to the girl who was sitting next to me, and I said, I never sat next to a black person before.
1: <laughs> what? I mean...
0: And it was true. I hadn't. And God, thank God, she was nice. She burst into laughter. And... Um, thank Like I said, thank God, because she could have been really offended by that, I'm sure. But um, but she just was like, where are you from? <laughs> and I told her where I was from. I said, I'm from outside Philadelphia and I went to cat school and I've never even like, you know, encountered a black person before. And um, we, we sort of struck up a friendship then. Her name is Leslie. I don't know if you knew her, but she was really nice. And um, we were kind of friends through high school. But, um, but not really because there was still some segregation going on in, oh, in was a our, huge high school. And you didn't really hang out with black people. Um, it got a little better as I got older and you know went through my three years of high school there. And, and it, was, it felt different as in my last year than it did my first year. And who knows why that is.
1: But, you um, got more but used my... to the way things were.
0: Maybe, yeah. It just um, became normal. Yeah, oh, that's depressing. Um, so that's my who's sorry now. So I'm really sorry, Leslie, that that I probably made you uncomfortable. Um, but thank you for for laughing and not um, mocking me.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you know, maybe in a way that kind of uh, all right. Get my clicker ready because I might say something. We have to, then you know.
0: Yeah, edit no. Out. I mean, I'm I'm hoping that my honesty was refreshing. That's what I was going to say. If it was. Maybe, yeah.
1: Maybe the fact that it was. Honest as opposed to what? What am I? I mean, it was just, it just was simply honest. Well, as opposed to like you say something like that because you don't want to be sitting next to a person who's different from you, right? Right. So she probably felt your intention as pure. And well, I mean, you became friends later. And so even if, even at first, she was was like, thank God fuck this lady. I don't, what the hell? She eventually (laughs) grew to know who you were. Um, (laughs) so yeah. Uh, do I have an apology? I should have one. I don't, I mean, of course I do. Right. Because, um, I am, I'm not perfect, which actually makes me perfect. Because you admit it. Right. <laughs> um, do I? I? Well, if you don't have one, you I can know, just do two I next week. Um, I would say, okay, I've got one. It has nothing to do with any of this, but I'll say it has something to do with media. And it's not really an okay. apology. It's just a thing that happened. So <laughs> you recommended a movie called The Vavitch. Or which, right? Yeah. yeah, Because I wanted something that was a little scary but suspenseful, and I'm the biggest chicken in the world. And so um, I owe you an apology because I watched the trailer, and you had said, "Eh, it's okay, it's kind of boring. And half of the trailer, they were just standing around watching corn grow in a field, and it was really boring. And then it was really scary, (laughs) and that was just the trailer. And it ended with... The most disturbing film you will ever see, and I was like, "What? No, no, we're going to watch watch (laughs) something else." And I made. What did you watch? I don't even remember. I just went straight to something where James was like, "Why are we watching?" I think it might have been Bob's Burgers. I was like,
0: "Okay, I love Bob's Burgers." I need a
1: break. It was scary. (laughs) I'm not going to be able to sleep. The trailer made me afraid. So I apologize to you. I can't follow you down the horror movie road.
0: Oh, well, that's okay. There's some really good horror movies, though. You're missing out. So, What is it that you don't like about them? The horror? Uh, what, but, but, I mean, does it really scare you?
1: Yeah. The other night, yeah, I have uh, very vivid You're very sensitive dreams at times. Oh, right? okay. And so, yeah. yeah. Like, the other night, um, I had a dream that... And I was sleeping in our guest bedroom because the nightclub was super loud. And oh, Like the carpet started to waver and then these clawed hands and like the devil pulled himself up out of the floor and came over to the bed and leaned over and he just kept saying the same, he kept like repeating the same thing again and again and again and again and again. And and I woke up screaming. What'd he say? Where's Juliet? (laughs) (laughs) i told him
0: she's in san francisco
1: now aren't you scared that's why i don't like horror movies because it's scary i'm a little
0: bit scared yeah yeah (laughs) that's pretty good
1: oh it's my favorite joke it's not my favorite joke (laughs) but it's one i forgot
0: my favorite joke is what's brown and sticky
1: i haven't a clue
0: a stick (laughs) That was voted the worst joke of all time At one point And I always liked it (laughs)
1: Oh no, that's cute That's totally cute I think it's funny
0: (laughs) Um,
1: Well good, I'm glad we're ending on a laugh I'm glad that although there's uh, You know, racism This won't be the first apology for racism The, The culture is changing um, again, Cynical Me says it doesn't hurt Kansas City Star to apologize for racism and maybe pick up right. some new readership because newspapers do need to expand.
0: But thank God times have changed enough that apologizing for racism is seen as a good thing. Oh, I mean, right. that's, that's not, I mean, that in itself is just sad, but uh, but at least it's some progress, I that's guess. That's
1: such an excellent point because, yes, the story would have been Kansas City Star apologizes for racism racism. and then (laughs) subscribers cancel yeah that would have been the story how dare you
0: right yeah we're not racist (sighs) people should keep their place whatever all right well have we fixed anything that's that's enough we fixed nothing as usual things are still the same but you know at least uh, people are getting vaccinated so that's good
1: and we did that
0: and we did. We Yay. did that, Yay. yes. <laughs> so we did our first shots. We got to do our second shots, but we'll, we'll get that done. So, all right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Yes, absolutely. Have a wonderful week. We will see you next week with somebody else who is sorry.
0: Yay. Bye.